0: So, hello, folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the Sales Chat Show studio. Mr. Graham Jones, our internet supremo. Mr. Phil Jesson, our key account management guru. And Simon Hazeldean, I'm just making up the numbers. So... <laughs> This session is entitled, Are You Making Any of These Remote Sales Presentation Mistakes? -ah. So I'm taking the lead in kicking this one off. Is the COVID situation accelerated probably a phenomenon that was already happening of, of salespeople interacting more often in a remote or virtual environment with their customers? So we've seen a migration Uh, Sometimes from phone to Microsoft Teams to Zoom, et cetera, for for those who were uh, remote salespeople anyway or office based. But obviously with COVID situation, a lot of it was conducted by that. So for many salespeople, remote interaction and therefore remote sales presentations replaced face-to-face ones and I think one of the mistakes I certainly saw working with a number of clients helping their salespeople to make this to make this transition is the just the assumption that what I did face-to-face maybe I would take along some powerpoint slides and at the um, relevant moment I would you know connect my laptop to the customer's uh, monitors in their meeting room and make my make my presentation that that same presentation is going to be okay when you're making presentations in a remote i can see graham graham shaking <laughs> shaking his head do you want to give us the just just before i uh, before i uh, carry on just just your head shaking was around because you'll you'll know some stuff here about why that's a, not a well, no
1: i'm just thinking that the notion that you can do you can have two completely different environments and use the same material yeah, It's just bonkers thinking in the first place, the fact that you could would actually think. It's a bit like um, radio and TV. It, the, the way you deal with um, showing people um, the context of something on TV is you don't have to tell them the context because there's a picture that shows them the context and they can interpret it for themselves. Whereas on radio, you have to set the context because they can't see anything and therefore you have to describe lots of things and turn pictures into word pictures that people can engage with and you have to provide what on radio they'll call atmos you know sounds in the background that give the atmosphere that you wouldn't actually get those sounds on tv (laughs) so you know you might be in a a, on tv you might be in a a, you know a town center kind of thing but there wouldn't necessarily be a great deal of traffic if you're reporting on it and people could see it's a town whereas if you're on the radio you can say I'm in the town centre, so you need some traffic sounds to make it sound like you're in a town centre, even though there's no traffic in the town. Yeah. And that, So it's about context. And so the whole notion that you could deliver what you delivered in the real world, as it were, and deliver the same in the online world is just a completely false notion in the first place that the, the two would work
0: yeah the same thing meeting.
1: would work in two different situations yeah
0: so i think i think some of the adjustments that i've recommended to people well one is for goodness sake please get your cameras on so there's there's a considerable body of research showing that salespeople in remote meetings that make use of cameras do better than get better results than sales people who don't and also a piece of research i um, saw said that when the customer also comes on camera success goes up again because it helps to make connections it, probably to Graham's point you could some of the missing social cues of non-verbal at least you've got some of them over the camera it, again it's not the same as face-to-face two-dimensional image often quite a small video image etc but it's helping with that it's helping with that connection Um, And then I think in terms of slide decks, if you're using them, because you don't have to, you know, you can make you can make presentations interactively, you know, using whiteboarding, for example, facilities in Microsoft Teams and Zoom, etc. But I would say less is more. It's harder for the brain to process when it's looking at a screen, for example, than when it is when it is face to face. So less is more. The customers are probably, and this would apply to all presentations, but they're probably only going to remember certain things, maybe 10% or something of your presentation. So you've got to make sure they remember the right 10%. Um, And... I'm not a massive fan of excessive animation in PowerPoint, because I think sometimes it can be overused and it can detract. But movement attracts attention. So I guess from an evolutionary point of view, movement either means food or danger. So the brains are tuned. So I think revealing things on screen as you're doing it and having regular movements in a remote presentation are important because you can't maybe animate with your hands for example as you could do but also you can control where people are looking so I think the more you control the audience's attention the better you are able to serve them Um, but that movement also also helps and then Why not use some of the annotation functionality that forms part of of Microsoft Teams and Zoom, for example, where you can draw around, you know, use the pointer to draw around some point that you want to make. Or if you're asking questions from customers, gathering their thoughts, you can even leave some space on your slides to capture their thoughts or to add type in in zoom. You can either, you know, freehand or you can type type those things in all things just to make the presentation come alive and be more engaging because you've got to get the customer's attention because they're far more likely remotely to have a look at email, have a look at their phone, have a look at the messagings that's coming in on teams, all of this, there's more distraction. So I think we've really, really gotta make those changes to those to those slide decks. If, if indeed that is what you are, that's what you're doing. You know, when if the customer's got a question, then stop sharing your screen. Then you've got a bigger video. You've also done another change. You answer the question, then maybe you reshare your screen and go back to the slide presentation. So it's just another way potentially of making making a change, but also showing the customer that you are listening, listening to them. Just a few, a few thoughts that I would, I would drop in. uh,
2: I think, I think think another thing that um, we're all very conscious of when you're face to face doing a presentation, I think you have a fairly good idea how well it's going down. Yeah. Um, You see the little bits of body language in the room as one key decision maker looks at another with a knowing look and a nod. And of course, in a Zoom or Teams sense, you don't get that uh, because people are basically looking down the barrel of the, of their own uh, cameras. So I think when doing the remote presentations, it, it, it is important to build in those regular check-ins with people and say, well, I'll, before I go any further, let me just check to see whether you're happy with that last point. How do you feel about it, Sue? How do you feel about it, Jack? And of course, because you've probably got a good idea which people are with you and which people are not, uh, you might choose to steer the conversation initially towards your allies on the screen who are going to say, yeah, I like the sound of that film. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I do. I do. And then, of course, you might end up with, uh, somebody with a, a more negative view at the end, who now feels that they are yeah. are completely uh, outnumbered. But building in regular pauses to check how well the presentation is being received, I think, is a is a key point. And I think if you start
0: a pattern of interactivity early and continue yep. it, everyone in your audience is expecting the interactivity to happen. Or I might say. Um, you know, is that, is that, is that making sense so far? Are we sound, um, and Graham, is there anything from your perspective as FD that, and you can drill and ask people specific questions by name? And then you'll, you'll often see, I've seen it a few times, people on camera, you'll see them sit up and they suddenly go, oh, Wait, it's me? interactive. <laughs> it's an inter- And then, and then you've got them, you've got, you've got more of their attention. So I think yeah. I'd also just say as short as possible, because concentration, concentration in that environment is is perhaps yep. perhaps more of a, you know more of a <clears throat> more of a challenge. There's a
1: couple of things I, I think are important to think about in terms of online uh, presenting, uh, and one is uh, compared with real world presenting. Uh, in online, uh, people do not behave in the same way they would do in the room with you. In hmm. the room with you, they would maybe lean back in their chair, they maybe write notes. People in online presentations tend not to take notes. And the reason for that is that they then lose connection. So they have to put their head down, they have to write notes, and they've disappeared from seeing the other person. In a real world, they can still see that person in their peripheral vision. So they tend not to take notes. They tend not to be physically involved with the presentation and they're not feeling what the rest of the room is feeling with the presentation. They're not talking to each other about it. You, you know, every salesperson knows that people in the room might say, well, that would work with us, wouldn't it, kind of thing in the room. Mm-hmm. And so that none of that happens um, online because people take turns more and people are static more. They sit in front of the camera and don't move very much. So what's happening is they don't feel involved in the presentation, whereas in the real world they feel involved. So I think what you need to do is involve them. And what you need to do is involve them physically. So rather than showing them your slide with your, you know, four quadrant matrix on it, Get them to draw it from themselves. So, say, what I'd like you to do now is grab a piece of paper and a pen. And everybody's got a piece of paper and pen somewhere near their desk. And I'd like you to draw a box with four squares in it, and get them to draw it. And in the bottom left-hand corner, write this. And in the, you know, and then reveal to them what the, t- you know, we maybe have a slide after that showing them the finished thing, but yeah. they have prepared. They've effectively drawn their own slide. That you would otherwise have shown them and they've now felt physically involved with the presentation right. so i think getting them to write things down getting them to be involved is a really important way of getting them to engage uh, with the presentation we forget that real world presentations are often very physical uh, mm-hmm. you might hand things out share things give them a um a, a note or something that is passed round none of that happens online we need to replace that with those physical um, connections that I think people should have.
0: Get them involved and you've got them, haven't you? You've got those. You've got the attention. I think Phil um, will often say, you know, one of your, your expressions is selling is a team sport. And one of the great things about selling remotely is it's probably easier to get other colleagues to join you in those meetings so share the workload so if if there were three of us on here maybe phil's going to be the phil's going to be the main presenter who's going to run most of the presentation maybe i'm going to keep my eye on the camera images the video images of the customers just in case you know because phil's going to be quite busy i'm my job is my job is doing that and maybe graham's doing something back office you know is is making sure that the next you know, stuff that we're going to share is ready. Graham's sharing things to, to leave Phil unencumbered from from that sort of that sort of thing. So I think, you know, share, share the workload out. And of course, you really must make sure you know how the platform works. Okay. Yeah. So practice. But even in even if- in
1: the real world, I see people who don't know how to use PowerPoint. So yeah. you know, yeah. they don't even know that when they're doing a slideshow, they can draw on it. Yeah. So the, you've got interactivity you could build into when you do, you know, sharing a screen online without even knowing yeah. what um, Zoom or Teams can do. And you can already do that when you're doing a slideshow from PowerPoint. But people, because people don't do that because yeah. they don't know that feature is there. They don't know how to use it online. That's a feature you can use offline as well as yeah. online. And so the other point I was going to make about online versus offline presentations is the... The point about distractions, and you said that you know people yeah. have got these other distractions rather than sitting watching you on Zoom. There is new research out now looking at the amount of time we do get distracted, and for a long time now we've known that uh, you know attention spans are falling as a result of our online activity. Um, but one th- and about people being distracted by alerts and so on, notifications that pop up. Um, this research shows that the average time people concentrate on one thing on their screen and not look at something else on their screen is 47 seconds. So you change your attention in your on-screen world in front of you every 47 seconds. And for every one of those 47 seconds, it takes a long time to get back to actually good, solid work. So it takes now 23 minutes to get back from every 47 seconds. Wow. So it sounds like you're doing nothing all day. So in fact, all of those 23 minutes overlap. But what, what it means is that actually people who are watching you online, unless you really, really truly engage them, they aren't going to be spending 40, every 47 seconds doing something else. In real world meetings, they can't do that. And not unless they're sitting with you and look checking their phone all the time while you're talking to them. And they wouldn't be that rude. Whereas online, they know that you don't know that they're checking their emails and everything else. And whilst people may say, switch these distractions off, people cannot psychologically remove themselves from those distractions.
0: That's a good point. So it drives the point made previously about keeping them interacting, keeping yeah. making changes. Absolutely. So we can re- yeah. reconnecting and, and just on the knowing the platform, sometimes customers may ask you, they'll send the meeting invitation and they'll, they'll ask you to come on their system. Right. And if you're really used to zoom yeah. and they're on teams, you need to do your homework on teams or vice yeah. versa. Right. So just, just be planned and prepared as any good, any good sales professional would be. I, I, Joined a webinar uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, there were two presenters. And the, when the, when they switched over to the second presenter, his uh, as he shared his screen, um, in the bottom right hand corner, it said a red power warning. Um your your machine is gonna turn itself off in seven minutes unless you connect it to power. And there was like about another 30 minutes of the of the webinar, right? Ready to go. So and that's just like and I'm sitting there thinking, look. Come on, right? You know, really, and it, it wasn't a major problem because you know he then switched over to the other
2: presenter, and probably that's when he when he plugged it in. But it didn't look great, did it? Right? It's, it's like it's like driving to Glasgow and not putting enough petrol in the car, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. But it's also like standard face-to-face in-person presentations
1: where people p- plug their computer in and then they go, "Oh, haven't you got an adapter to connect to the projector? I yeah. haven't got one of those." Or um, Oh, um, I haven't got a mains adapter for this country. Has anybody got an adapter for France or whatever yeah. it is? You know, talk about lack of preparation.
0: It's just it, it was you know it was it was kind of and I think also the other point that just reminds me about another thing is I would be personally I work off uh, multiple screens and I I share the presentation in display mode on one screen and that is the screen I share. So you should also shut down all your other things as well. Because what you don't want is what happened to a client of mine. Mm -hmm. And she told me that she agreed to have a a call and a presentation with a potential supplier. And the salesperson shared their screen and they were going through the presentation and up popped the uh, message from their messaging service teams I think or whatever which contained several very very strong profanities so it was an internal thing between someone and their friend right now I'm not drawing a judgment on whether you use profanity in the workplace but you definitely do not want profanities being shown on a screen that you are sharing to a customer or also it could just be a piece of private information or something that's just and you talk about distractions that probably ranks up along and she and and my client said that at that stage she stopped the meeting with the guy and just said I'm just really sorry I've just seen something (laughs) pop up on your screen and I really don't want to See that sort of and by the way my client is in no way any sort of an unusual person prudish it was it was just she just said just inappropriate so yeah. unprofessional and yeah. so inappropriate so you know be careful <clears throat> you know i mean i would never have any of that stuff going on? But I, I'm sharing a screen that I know there's only one there's only thing that on. on. It. Yeah. Nothing is. Nothing can possibly come on because it's distraction, right? It's. That's exactly what
1: I do. I have two screens, and the only thing on the screen that I share is the the stuff that I want to share. There's nothing yeah. else on there. And if I if I want to share, for example, web pages, I will have preloaded them in a separate browser on that yeah. screen as well, and yeah. no other. Uh, web pages are open so that only those ones that I want to share are on that I think it's about preparation isn't it Um, I was at a meeting recently where somebody said I'm not quite sure how to share the screen Um, you know they were trying to give us a presentation and shared the screen uh, showing the email of their job application for a new job somewhere else yeah not what they wanted to show us
0: yeah yeah. And if you are going to show, for example, PDFs on the same screen, you may drop out, say you've got a PowerPoint, and then you're show them a document or something. Um, go and clear out all your recent document history Mm -hmm. as well that would also apply because you could have a you could mention a competitor of theirs you could have a proposal going to someone that they don't like or you could you know something so you just got to be in total because you protect your own company's privacy as well and, and your own but also you know be most importantly is being respectful being respectful of them and then i would recommend you know We can also be very, very distracted. So, you know, put your phone upside down, turn your phone on silent, turn your voice activated devices onto do not disturb mode, shut down all your social media, all your email, et cetera. So you can focus hundred percent of you, you know, don't get distracted yourself by, you know, an email pinging in or something yeah. or something like that. So uh,
2: stay, stay focused. So gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Uh, just, just one. I just like to support your comments, Simon, about the, duration of the uh, presentation, the virtual presentation. Uh, In my case, uh, I do a a number of presentations on behalf of a charity,
0: Yeah.
2: and before COVID, uh, that presentation was 90 minutes long, including Q&A. Today, that same presentation, stripped down, is never above 45 minutes, and the other day, it was 30 minutes. Thank goodness I actually said to the guy, how long have I got? Because had I made the assumption that I'd got forty-five minutes, which seemed to be the new normal, of course I'd still have 15 minutes worth of material ready to go at the point where he's basically saying, thank you and good night. So I think it is about a short, sharper presentation. It's in musical terms, it's the single, not the LP, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Do you want to give your charity a quick mention and a plug, Phil? Because it's a very... Yes,
2: I I thank you for that. that. Uh, That's very kind of you. The charity is called Unseen, based in Bristol, and they fight modern slavery. So I do presentations to business groups and Rotary and Roundtable and WI uh, on that subject and what people can do to eliminate it from their business and their personal lives. So uh, if you want to uh, contact Phil, get Phil to
0: come in and make that presentation. My only word of warning is I promise you, you will be very shocked when Mm. you find out how prevalent prevalent it is it will uh, it will certainly uh, certainly wake you up to a lot of injustice and cruelty that that takes place And phil doing a great job there of fighting the good fight on uh, raising awareness on that so make sure we gave you a little plug there in the sales
2: chat show phil. thank you that's very kind cool.
0: so folks good luck with all of those remote presentations we hope we've given you some you know hints and tips there things you can take away and do because even if we start to ease Lockdowns in various countries over the coming months and maybe slightly longer in some areas, you know, remote presentations are still going to be part of, I think, how we work and operate increasingly. So I think making sure we, as back to Graham's great point, you know, two different environments, right? two different presentations two different styles of presentation. so let's not get confused and uh, and mess and mess up as we uh, as we move between those different environments so about probably the thick end of 200 or so episodes from the sales chat show in our back catalogue all available from saleschatshow.com website or from whichever platform you prefer to get and subscribe to your podcast if you subscribe to sales chat show uh, through uh, whichever whichever podcast um, service you use you'll be notified every time we uh, bring out a new episode which we do on a regular basis so it's been phil jess and graham jones and i'm simon hazeldean good luck and good remote selling folks